Welcome to the Hallmark Cafe. I'm Michael. And I'm Diane. Come on in. Your table is ready. Well, it's a whole new year, and we're glad to be here talking about some new content on the Hallmark Channel. On the Hallmark and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, and maybe on streaming, maybe on whatever, wherever it might be on Peacock. I don't know. We'll just see uh, wherever you get your Hallmark fix. So, Yeah, that's true. So we've got a brand new series. This is the first series Hallmark has created for years. We were talking about this before. I think the last series they created was uh, Chesapeake Shores, although... No, 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 We no. forgot about When Hope Calls. Yeah, I think that came on later, yeah, even though it was on the series. But the, when they started that show, I think it was just, uh, it was either just streaming or it was on Hallmark Drama or something I think like it was the that. first, it, wasn't, it was the first uh, series on Hallmark Now, but then they eventually did put it on the air. Yeah, they so. eventually got another channel on on the on the tier. But they only, did, they started they only did one season of that show, so... Um, I know. This is the first uh, series that's been created and developed under under the new uh, leadership. That's Hallmark, right. So. That is that is true. And if this is what they got coming up, then I'm excited. I hope they hope they Maybe do some so. more. Well, this series so. is called The Way Home, and it debuted on January fifteenth, twenty twenty three. Uh, it is was directed by Grant Harvey and written in, and uh, created by and the teleplay was written by Alexandra Clark, Heather Conkey, and Marley Reed. The three women who also... Triple threat. Yeah, triple yeah. threat. And, and Alexander and Heather uh, also are the showrunners of the show. So it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a show created and, uh, and helmed by women, which is fantastic. It is. And I can't wait. I hope we get to talk to them at some point because uh, now uh, Heather, we actually met once. We did. We did meet Heather. Yeah, we, uh, we traveled to Canada. We um, were actually had a great time. We went to visit the Heartland set mm-hmm. and... Uh, we met a lot of people, and we well explain. Wrote to Heather, we have what? to explain that Heather uh, has been with Heartland since the beginning of oh, the yeah. show, and she, she was the, she, the showrunner of that show. And uh, eventually, her daughter grew and the old, writer, her daughter grew old enough to start writing episodes too for Heartland during right. all the time the show's been on for years. So both of them have been writing for Heartland, and they've now switched over to this show. That's why we right we, we went up to we went up to, uh, to yeah, so we went up there because the we're big set, Heartland then, fans. Yeah, so, so for years since it started back in the. I don't know, 2000, what the heck year was it? Uh, Nine, seven. Ten, seven, seven, yeah. whatever. And uh, I can't, I just, I've been looking forward to this series because I know she's just quality. She just really has that, they, she has the knack. It's interesting because uh, Hallmark's also developed a, a show called Ride, which is about a rodeo family and their ranch. Right. So when I first heard about that, I thought, well, that's going to be the Heather Conkey show. But no, no, it's this show instead. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Oh, let's talk about this show. Real yeah. Quick. So, so why don't you, why don't I'm going to give the, you a synopsis tell of the, the first folks, episode. Tell the folks what this show is all about. Well, The Way Home is a story of uh, a family who is uh, on the outs. Alice, played by Sadie Laflamme Snow, is a teenage girl with issues. So many issues. Her parents are separated, and she feels ignored and abandoned by her father, who is now dating someone else. Uh, After Alice is kicked out of her private school, her mother, Kat, played by Kyla Lee, who is suddenly fired from her reporter job, decides to move them both back to the Canadian family farm she hasn't seen in 20 years. She decides to do this because, after not having had any communication with her mother in all that time, she receives a letter from her asking Kat to come home. 
Once there, Kat is practically ignored by her mother, played brilliantly by Andy McDowell, who denies sending any, any letter. Alice is enrolled in the local public school where she meets a childhood friend of her mother's, Elliot, played by Evan Williams, now the science teacher. Elliot tells Alice that he's there to talk to any place, any time. This is an important clue the viewer might not get the first time watching. Kat sees that all the family photos are gone and no one wants to talk about the loss of Kat's father and younger brother, Jacob. Alice gets bullied her first day of school, skips out, has a huge fight with her mother because Alice wants to go back and live with her father and he won't let her. She blames her mother until her mother tells Alice it's actually because his new girlfriend is moving in with him. Alice storms off, goes into the woods, ends up at the pond, the mysterious pond, and tosses her mother's bracelet into the water. When she decides to retrieve it, she falls into the water and is pulled under by maniacal voices and weeds. <laughs> it's fortunately never, <laughs> never happened to me. But, uh. I know. Um, thus begins an odd and intricately woven story of time travel and redemption, with more than one mystery to solve. She meets her late grandfather, her grandmother as a much younger woman, and her nephew Jacob, at this point still alive. She realizes she is somehow in the past, and when it's time to go, she finds Elliot and tells him that he once told her he'd help her any place, any time. Elliot, of course, doesn't remember this because it hasn't happened, but the last thing we see is the adult, future Elliot, waiting by the pond. This is getting interesting. It is, yes. I cannot wait to see how the writers get themselves out of the predicaments that time travel is putting them into. Um, like, why does Elliot recognize her, but Grandma and Cat do not? Did Cat name her Alice because she remembered her friend from decades before? But why doesn't she see the resemblance? Mm -hmm. We don't know these things because it hasn't happened unless we can time travel to the future and see another episode right now. Yes. So, when Jacob takes the photo... And with his Polaroid that shows up in his memory box 20 or 30, however many years later, is that when Cat remembers? Now, did you mention the very stylistic first scene of the movie where the, all these guys with torches are chasing a woman dressed in white through the woods? Uh, and then she gets to the pond and then says something and then jumps into the pond. Yeah, that was quite the opening scene. Which had n seemingly nothing to do with the rest of the episode that we saw, but apparently it has something to do well, with Well, Jacob, the kid, does mention the White Witch, which, well, it's really interesting. Let me just backtrack a little bit, because I'm a big fan of the Outlander se series mm -hmm. by Diana Gabaldon. And the, I have read, I've been reading her novels since 1995, and there are a lot of them. There are nine books, and they're all over a thousand pages long. And I probably read them because they're just engrossing. I probably read them every now and then. I probably read them over the last 25 some odd years, right. maybe 10 times, you know. I can witness that you have. Yes, I have. Always you, know? you with an with a with Outlander Kindle book in your hand. Or an Outlander book. So, <laughs> but it's fascinating. And Gabaldon is such an incredible writer. And she really knows how to write time travel. It's just amazing. She, the time travel is tricky because when you start crossing those kind of boundaries... Okay, who knows what about whom, what changes, um, what do you bring forward for the future, and what do you, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you can see just by watching this episode, you can see how tricky it is, and how she had to layer things in there. So it's just kind of fascinating. To, it's going to be really neat to see how she gets herself out of these things. And it, I mean the writer, not the, not the yeah. character. <laughs> How's the writer get herself out of these well, things? Well, you got to figure the way writers write, they... they 
quite often start with the end and work their way back. So somehow True. they have figured out whatever this show is all about. Is but time, time travel ones, though, you have to start from the end, but then go to the beginning and then go to the middle and then go to the end again to make sure that you've said what you're going to say in the beginning says something about the end. It's, I'm that's, telling that's, you, it's really bizarre. But to talk about, you know. It sounds like a class I took in school once. Outlander. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting because the beginning um, of the of the, the opening of this of this series, it's the woman running through the woods with the white flowing gown, kind of the same. It's very similar to the Outlander uh, TV show that they made. It's, right, it, right. It's interesting because it struck me right then. I thought, wow, I've seen this shot before and it's definitely like very much like the opening in the very first uh, season of outlander where you know claire is running through the woods to mean chased by soldiers and she's wearing this white she's got dark hair and uh, even with jacob calling her the white witch that's also in outlander that's what they call her because she time travels i guess so it makes me wonder i wonder if Heather is a fan of the Outlander books. I don't know. Well, if they go back to 1999, the books had already been written. Maybe the kid had read the book. No, maybe not. I, I Very funny. See what I mean about time travel? <laughs> time travel. <laughs> you got to keep it straight. Well, you know, there's been a couple of time travel series before. When I was a kid, that's true. There was a show called The Time Tunnel. I was just a little kid, and it was a bunch. It was about these guys who would go into this big kind of swirling horn and go back in time. I remember the first episode. The a end- swirling horn? Well, it was like a, like like a cornucopia? Corn, like, like that. It looked like that. Okay. And, but it was all in black and white and it spin around and it, it was like the Twilight Zone horn, you know, it just kind of goes, goes around and around. But the first episode, they end up on the Titanic. Like a pinwheel. You know, and so they're dealing with I'm the... still trying to figure out the horn thing. Well, I have to show okay. you a picture. All right. They end up, you know, like on the Titanic and, they, and every episode they're dealing with some going back to some incredible moment in history. So that was the first, I believe, time travel show I saw. But... A year Some so, disaster film. Well, a year or so later, there's a show called The Second Hundred Years about a guy that had been frozen in, you know, in the, the North Pole or something, and they, they unfroze him and they bring him home. But he's didn't he's, James Taylor write a song about that? No, no. Let me get oh, this straight. Okay. He, they bring him home uh, to his uh, son, but his son, of course, is like what his grandfather's age would be. So he's he's his son is like his older, an I old guy. I remember this one. Yeah, yeah, this sounds familiar. And, and of course, that was interesting too. I mean, but time travel shows. What was the other one? What's the one with Scott? Well, that's not really what about a time the one, travel. What one, about one with uh, Scott Bakula? You know the uh, oh, Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah, which they just brought out again, right? In a new a way, new version with, of that. Yeah, new, yeah. It, 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 I've been watching that. That's but don't a, they okay. have to deal with uh, you know if he does this, he can't well, do that? Well, that's or, the thing. That's the point of that show is right. that he's trying to actually change history. Right, right. That's is that he has to change history or he dies or something like that, right. you know. Um, but uh, I, you know, frankly, this this new series we're digressing all over the place. Well, no, but, but you have to give a little bit of context. Of, of, you know, uh, Quantum Leap is is um, it doesn't have the humor that the first one did, and I miss that. But uh, well, generally in television today, I try to watch a lot of network shows, and they don't have any humor. So uh, it yeah. seems like that. You either There's, watch like ridiculous, stupid sitcoms or very serious, dark dramas you know yeah, so it's where, kind of hard to find anything in between. everybody almost dies and then you know something happens and i don't know I, yeah that's why we watch hallmark movies that's right, exactly right. That's <laughs> we like to have you know something we kind. like to have a blend of so, things but this is really a fun uh um series to watch because of the it's like whoa your your mind gets a little twisted around it's a little it's it's more like a mystery than a mystery is on the on the on the mystery channel almost that's true and and i would say if you watch it and you say what the heck was that all about 
watch it again. Well, what's interesting because is... Because you'll pick up stuff the second time that make a lot more sense than they did the first time. Yeah, all of a sudden, the look that Elliot gives to Alice as she's coming off the porch saying, we're late for school, makes sense. And so does the line when he comes up to her after class and says, just remember, I'm here to talk to any place, any time. And that little emphasis on the time, it suddenly, the second time you watch it, you go, oh, <laughs> I get that now. That's true. Because and he does remember her. There's one scene where Kat, as an adult, is remembering herself as a kid with her little brother, and they're in her room, and in his room, and he yeah, has all they're these, looking at the stars. All these stars. I used to have stars like that. Yeah, on he has ceiling. all the stars on the ceiling, and he says this line, explorers use the stars to lead them home when they get lost. And now, I, I remember that too. And I thought that means yeah, something. That everything means something. In, everything in these movies means something. You know, yeah. so. And that's what I mean about tricky with, you know, with any movie, anything means something, but with a time travel um, scenario, it means even more. There's more layers. So, uh, but yeah. Um, I did uh, watch a, uh, a playback of a live Facebook that they had that Hallmark put out with the three stars and they talked a lot about the show. They don't give you a whole lot of clues about the show, but they mm-hmm. talk a, lot about, a little bit about making the show and working with each other. And I get the feeling that this show, you know, it's not a, they, they actually clearly say it's not a science fiction show. It's it's kind of a... Well, it wouldn't be science kind fiction. Kind of a fantasy show. Well, people might think it be is. be fantasy, but... It, it, but people would, might think it's a science fiction. Yeah. It's not. Uh, but to me, it's really a family drama, and it's trying to get to something. It's trying to... It's trying to get home. Yeah, it's trying to get home. Well, trying, no, home. but it's trying to. It's, but the way home it, has a double meaning. It's in trying this. to solve something about being right. in this family, and I think that's really what uh, is the hallmark part of it, because that's a very strong element of what uh, Hallmark's all about. So I think that's a big part of what we're going to be seeing as the show goes on, not so much the you yeah. know, special effects and all of that stuff. So well, you know, and it makes you wonder. Well, you've seen enough sort of time travelish type things, even on Hallmark. You've had, you know, the movies where. Uh, they make a wish, and then suddenly they're in the past, and they get a do-over, or, you know, there was a few of those. Quite a, and, often involves a Santa Claus. Yeah, or, <laughs> you know, there's a, well, even that, uh, you know, the, the, the double scenario thing, which one, which way, those are kind of time travelish right, type things. Right. But, um, you know, this is, this is a, this is like accidental time travel. Nobody, right. nobody wished on a magic Santa for anything. Here. <laughs> no, not that so, we know of. So, so but, but, you know, uh, you got to wonder, you know, a la Wizard of Oz, is this somewhere where, uh, um, you know, Alice is just going to kind of wake up and realize she almost drowned in the pond and she dreamt the whole thing? Right. Or is it more, you know... And the, sh- the, the episode ends with a real cliffhanger. And so you're really going to be like, I got to come back and see what happens yeah, next week. I, that's so. Every, every uh, segment of this uh episode had you just had you going okay just let the commercial be right. done so we can find out no, what's it was, going it was on. A absolutely well done series it was uh, the look of it was, it was incredible it was shot in toronto i don't think they could have found a creepier forest what i thought was interesting about this one uh the cat when they start out they're living in minnesota but she goes home to canada so the show actually takes place in canada filmed in canada because yeah, who doesn't want to go to canada it's now. it's it's a, you know at least they're actually saying they're actually in canada which is nice and and they truly are so so let's talk about some secret ingredients in the way home because uh and, and frankly they're some of them are so secret they're not revealed yet so it leaves least me with more questions than, that's true and some of them we had to watch the movie a couple of times to to spot and, so. to answer our own question yeah, yeah. if it was answerable because we had questions, so then we went back and watched it and said, right. are these questions answered? Well, some of them were. I don't know. So, but, uh, you know, well, part part of the secret ingredient isn't so secret, and that's the music. 
So, Michael, tell me about the music. Well, the score is written by Keith Power, and Keith is the composer primarily known for writing the music to Heartland for, for its entirety. He's done several other series, uh, and uh, he's really amazing. And he's the, fantastic. The score yeah. for this particular show, beautiful. I mean, just listen to that music in the opening sequence. Uh, this is no ordinary uh, Hallmark show. It's really quite impressive, so... Uh, I'm really glad that they got Keith on board, and I guess you know, with Heather Conkey from uh, Heartland abo- yeah. uh, involved. I mean, she was always really. I remember when we talked to her; she was very involved in the music, and yes. she has quite the ear for she does finding like new artists and hidden gems that that uh, go along. I guess because she writes, she probably has music in her head. Actually, maybe so. Because if you if you watched any episodes of uh, Heartland, you hear quite often some amazingly perfect songs that happen usually mm-hmm. at the end of yeah. the show. So. Uh, she did a great job with this show as well, what they're doing with the show. And in, a, in totally different colors, you know, just yes. a totally different uh, vibe about it. But then they, there were some other songs in there. Well, after the the first opening opening sequence occurs and the... Uh, our, the White Witch is running. The, that yeah, one. after and that. Then, and then she pulls the fire. Right. I'm just saying after the... Uh, when During the opening titles, right. uh, they're driving to uh, Canada and the song... Uh, that is playing is really quite beautiful. It's uh, down by the water. Down by the water by Abigail Lapel, who's a, a renowned Canadian folk singer. It's a beautiful song. It's beautiful, perfect yeah. for the sh- for the opening sequence. But that's Heather. I mean, or or whoever. She, yeah, who who found it? But so uh, some of the other things that that we wondered about watching it was okay because you start thinking time travel, who knows what, when, and uh, you know we spoke about Elliot knowing, but it got me thinking about. Um, Dell, you know, Annie McDowell's character, and I'm thinking, how could she not know? Because so that's one of the questions right. I had. But then I, when I watched it again, I saw her reaction to, to Alice. I thought she knows, she does know, she recognizes her. Right. There's no way that she couldn't because you know she's and who she when, is. When you're when you're watching it the first time, you think, well, that's kind of rude. She's rocking right by her daughter. But then you realize once you watch it twice, she's she, got she a knows different her. look on her. Yeah, she recognizes her. It's like, oh, aha, here we are. You know, because it's time. Because the, the way, games begin. Because of the way it's been explained, she's never met yeah. her before. So right. there she's she is. She's never met her. She doesn't. She hasn't had any communication with her daughter about her granddaughter. So how would she know anything? She knows and she's she musical. Says, she says you're a singer. Yeah. And she says it kind of carefully, like um, she she knows it, but we don't know how she knows it. And right. Alice doesn't question it. Like, well, gee, how do you know? But that we're, now it's got me thinking. Well, how does she know? Okay. Well, there you go. So, and then there's the whole thing about the, you know, the, the broiled chicken. That was, you know. Right. Th- that was the same that dinner. Was, there the, were a couple of times when that came up. The, the, she, she cooked that in uh, modern day and then she cooks it for the dinner in the past. Which yeah. So we start thinking about, well, why is she there? You know, the, the father has died in, as we know, from looking at the memorial um, pamphlet in 2000 and she goes back in 99. So that means something. We, I guess we're about to find that out next time she goes back, which I'm sure she'll go back. I mean, you know, what fun would the movie be if she didn't go back? And then once we started talking about the dog, you know, we kept looking. Now, is the dog in the past? I know. We started too? looking then to see if the dog shows up in the past. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it in the past, no. But, uh, but you that know, dog, it does that show dog, up wet. That dog knows something about that pond. So I, I know. Um, maybe it just hangs out and waits for people <laughs> to come out of it. I don't know. But uh, but you were saying that you recognize well the truck is the same but that's not exactly yeah, earth shattering. What what year was that truck? It looked like a nineteen nineties Ford pickup. I didn't get the exact yeah. year, but it's, it's, it's good. sitting in the driveway when she shows up in modern day. And then when you are watching the scene from the past with the father meeting 
Alice at the that barn, it's truck setting, is in the back. It's yeah, the same the truck's back there. So, yeah. and, and that's, of course, logical. People yeah, keep, people keep truck. We've, we've, we've kept, kept a truck for years. I have 225,000 on right. my Tahoe, so, you know, we just keep it. It ain't broke. Don't get rid of it. So, um, but, uh, you know, and then one of the things I noticed on one of my repeat watchings was uh, when she goes into the water, you can hear Jacob laughing. Because yeah. then you hear him again. You know, you he- you've already heard him once. I just want to say one thing, and I, I don't usually say this, but if you watch these movies on a phone or something small, you really need to watch this kind of movie uh, with a decent sound system, a sound bar, surround yeah. system like we have. It, you hear so many more things, and it, it's so much more impactful. So, But I know a lot of people just watch things on phones and tablets. I get it, but... Um, you know, at least wear headphones. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> like Alice so. does in the. Well, in you're the missing point. half the. You know, the 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 movie is so beautifully shot. I I don't know. I guess you, I, mean, I shouldn't say this, but I guess you got to be really young to be able to see those tiny little screens. When I want like an 80 inch screen with 8K, and then <laughs> I'm happy. That's right. So and a good sound system. But I did. I th- I think I did. Um, kind of. Uh, hear one of the words anyway the when the white witch jumps in the water it's either she's either saying bless me or rescue something it's it's there's a word in there that that kind of came through but i i'll probably keep watching that until i can figure it out i know i said said before ear to ear to the center speaker what is she saying i don't know know. i don't know couldn't quite get it we can get it in the computer and electronically pull it out so we can (laughs) because i know it means something but uh but it is kind of interesting because you know hmm well her hair is her hair is black. The white witch we're talking about mm-hmm. now. Uh, you never see her face, but no. uh, you know her hair is kind of like a longer version of Andy McDowell's hair. Does that have something to do with it? But then again, Andy said she comes from Carolinas, right? Right, right. But then again, she said her family comes from there. It doesn't say that she did. So I don't know. Well, there's a lot to be revealed. As I say, secret ingredients are going to stay secret until they the writer decides to reveal them. Uh, sometimes you can get good at guessing ahead, but uh, I'll try not to do that, actually, because it's more fun to just watch it and see it revealed. I like but, that um, they were uh, th- they were referring to a, a pop hit from the 90s in the show uh, called uh, Everybody's Free. You don't hear it, but they talk about that, and that was important to them. And and then later, the or is it earlier, the father sings a crowded house <laughs> that's song. That's some trouble when I don't know. these time travel. Is the it father, earlier or is it later? The father sings a crowded house song with his guitar, Better, better Be Home Soon. So it's kind of puts you in the era. Yeah. Uh, and it's really interesting for us because for years you watch stuff where going back to something old as the 60s or the 50s, but you were talking about just the 90s. The 90s doesn't feel like very long ago, but I guess if you're super young, the 90s yeah. feel like that's your, you know, when you were born. That's your so. time. That's your time. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see that era yeah. depicted. And I, I just want to say one more thing about the, the White Witch. Uh, you know, when she jumps into the water, she jumps in feet first, and then later on uh, talking to... Uh, I think she's talking to her daughter and she says, you know, you, sometimes in life you just have to jump in feet first. And I thought, hmm. That is true. Okay, that jumped out That was another me. clue. So, so again, watch this two or three times and you'll get a couple other more clues that you don't get the first Unless time. Unless you're smarter than we are, you can get it the first time. Yeah, but, some people you know, probably are really smarter than we are. They're probably like, oh, I got that. Oh, no, no, you're kidding. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, that's it. That's all we've got for this episode of The Way Home. And we're looking forward to uh, next week's. Uh, we'll, we'll keep following this and hopefully we'll get some of those secret ingredients, uh, you know, answered. Uh, if, that's true. And if you've, if there was ever a show that you could get hooked on, it definitely I is this one. I think I could be hooked on it. Yeah. I, although I, I do, uh, I'm already thinking like, how are they going to, I mean, I can see how they're going to run this for one season, but where do they go from here? But anyway, I guess we'll find out. 
Because, you know, know, if Heather Conkey can write episodes for Heartland for, you know, 30 years. <laughs> well, it 30 years. What, what, 30? what was it? Like, like 20? No, seven, 15, uh, many, 17. 17 seasons know, or something, something like that. that. Oh, my goodness. Um, then I'm sure she can keep this going for a few seasons because she's pretty. I did want to mention, mention one more thing. and what? We didn't get a chance to talk about it. He takes a picture with a Polaroid camera. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. some people think, Jacob oh. takes a picture. Polaroid cameras, they didn't have those back then. They did. Uh, I had a job in, in college in the, in, uh, in the 80s demonstrating Polaroid cameras. They just come out. Uh, yeah, the, the ones that you see in that uh, um, in the movie where you pop the cartridge in and everything's in this cartridge. The film, the battery is in this one cartridge you pop in the camera, the inst- whatever they called the thing. And so they were popular. It's very conceivable that camera would have still been around in the late 90s. Especially to give to a little kid. Yeah, know? yeah. And it was uh, I was looking at, uh, I have some pictures I took in the store when I was demonstrating these cameras. And what year was that? Decade? Was 1980, Century? 81. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was just a wee lad, but uh, I'll, pop, I'll put a picture up of me doing this on the, the site. But, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, so I, I took some pictures, and I would, t- I would just take pictures of people all day long and say, hey, let me take your picture, and I'd hand them their Polaroid. It was, it was a great job, low pressure for me. But sometimes I had pictures, people take pictures of me because it was fun, and I took a look at those pictures, and they don't fade at all. I mean, they yeah. still look like the day I took those pictures. They have some kind of waxy kind of finish Something. on them, and, and nothing, yeah, nothing right. fades. So when she's looking at the picture, it's not like the picture faded. It's uh, when she's looking at the picture of of, of her, herself, herself and Alice. And Alice it is the way the it's. I think it's actually some kind of anomaly. Anomaly that they sort of he sort of picked her up in the picture, but the but the kid knew that that happened when he looked at the picture. Like, right. Whoa, what's the deal? So. I found that really That's fascinating. It was yeah. a great use of that that technology of the Polaroid technology. So I, you know, cool. thought I'd throw that in. So. All right. So we'll be right back with dessert. Voice like yours, unlike any other. A voice like yours has finally come like the sound of your soul echoing mine. A voice like yours says it all. Hallmark Cafe is brought to you by Rolling Home Records, the home of original music by Michael and Diane Killen. Visit rollinghomerecords.com to find streaming links to hear singles and tracks from their albums. And be sure to find Diane's single, Tonight I'm Gonna Fall in Love, as featured in the Hallmark movie, Where Your Heart Belongs, on your favorite streaming platform. Now I'm learning that a voice like yours can harmonize with one like All right, welcome back to the Hallmark Cafe. We are ready for dessert. I'm excited about this one. This is another time travel movie, and it's called Rip and Time. It was on the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries last May 22nd, 2022. And it was directed by Jessica Harmon, written by C.J. Cox. Tell them about it. Yeah, well, when we first saw this movie uh, back in May, we really, really liked it. So when we had a chance to maybe pair it with another time travel, uh, we thought that would be fun to do. Here it is. So it's a theme. It's a theme travel. Time travel theme theme episode, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Rip and Time, uh, Rip is played by Niall Mater, and he appears seemingly from out of nowhere in an old barn on a farm in New York run by Sarah, who's played by Tori DeVito, and her father Calvin, played by Eric Keenlyside. So dressed in clothing from the late 1700s and sporting an inordinate amount of hair and beard, Rip has very scattered memories of who he is or where he's from. 
Now, Ted, who is the local police officer, uh, played by Casey Manderson, he regards Rip as an intruder, dangerous not only to the property, but to his romantic designs on Sarah. Sarah gives Rip a job on the farm, as he seems incredibly adept at everything the farm needs. No wonder there, since he, you know, came from a time when all they did was work on a farm. She has him stay in the old homestead cabin on the property, which Rip remembers as his own family's cabin that he grew up in, and he, he even points to his initials that he carved into the post. This triggers his memories, and he tells the family his story and who he is and how he got there. They, of course, don't believe him. They think he suffers from PTSD. Hmm. Well, that's, that's, the, that's definitely the movie I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah has Rip checked out by a renowned specialist who concludes that he might just be telling the truth. He has a, she has a Revolutionary War musket ball removed from his leg and has him meet with a quantum physicist played brilliantly by Ben Wilkinson, uh, who gives more credence to Rip's story. There are incredible scenes on location in New York City and some very inspiring dialogue that creates more of a bond between the two. As Rip and Sarah grow closer, a jealous Ted convinces Rip that he is an embarrassment to the family and is hurting their reputation in the community. And being of a man of honor, and being a man of honor, he decides to go back to the cave in hopes that the storm that's upon the area will help him return home. You know, that was a noble thing to do. But you know, the, this is a really fun movie. Niall Mater and Tori are great together. I, I'm a big fan of, of Niall Mater. And his performance in this movie is fantastic. He, he you know, comes back, he comes into the future, and he's, he's, he doesn't overdo the old, oh, that's a car, that's a, a TV, and all that kind of stuff. It, he, he, you can see he's befuddled. He's kind of shocked and, and fascinated, but he's not, like, over the top. Yeah, not over the and, top. And I should say um, that Rip is actually Rip Van Winkle the third, I think. Well, and, or at uh, least Rip Van Winkle Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the, the, it kind of is a play on the old legend of Rip Van Winkle, Winkle, who, <laughs> Winkle, Winkle. Winkle. <laughs> Rip Van Winkle, who fell asleep and woke up, I don't know, 200 years later or something. Well, he slept through the Revolutionary War. So, uh, well, I mean the original. Oh, but yeah. Not, not no, just the, the story. But. The Rip Van Winkle story. He sleeps through the war and then he wakes up. And, yeah. You know, so. so they all think he just like went away and avoided right. fighting the war or something. Yeah, but something anyway, to do with bowling, yeah. nine pins or something. I don't know. I don't know. We have to read that again. I have to read that again, but, yeah. But um, anyway, so uh, he tells this fantastic story of falling asleep in a cave and the, the lightning and then waking up someplace else. And, and then he finally comes back. And of course, Rip Jr. doesn't believe a word he says. So he goes to the cave to check it out. And he ends up uh, drinking some brandy that was left there. And there's a big storm and he falls asleep. And there you go. He wakes up in the future. He's in 2022. So... Um, Anyway, it, it is. A, he's just so good in this this part. He just embodies this old world kind of uh, I don't know statuesque. Well, the, the way he stands with yeah. his hands behind his back. I know he's kind of uh, at attention, but uh, he's very respectful. He has some interesting ideas about women, and he learns really quickly that you know women are different. Women with and, pants is okay. Yeah, yeah. So and I, he's good with it. Yeah, and and he never, but he never actually breaks character. He never changes. Yeah. His, you know, it's not, not all of a sudden he becomes modernized and wants to eat pizza. I mean, he really stays really the same. Yeah. He has this dignity throughout the movie. It's a really wonderful 
really deep performance, I think. So I think so too. I mean, he even his 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 the way he speaks, he never breaks character. It's and they have good. a great scene. They go to New York City and they go up to a building and they're they're looking out over the city and they really talk about what democracy is and and, and what America is. And and know? he's like, "Wow, uh, we it made it. it. It was worth it, you know. Yeah. It's it's, it's a really yeah. amazing moment to think about that, really. Yeah. Well, you being an immigrant too. You yeah, oh, it, it always yeah. get that kind of stuff always gets to me. So, it, yeah. it was really a, a beautiful scene. And they, you know, apparently went and shot like for one day in New York and got those location shots of them walking down the street and all of that and the building shot. I'm so glad they did that because it really gives it a real feel. Yeah, I, I, you know, sometimes they get away with doing CGI or green screen right. or whatever. And I looked when they were in Times Square, and I'm like, is that? And I'm like, no, they really are there. Yeah, and I think the rest of the movie was shot in Vancouver Island, and it's it looks almost like Scotland. I think it's supposed to be, obviously, upstate New York. Or, and, yeah, it's and, eerily. It's a great farm, too, yeah. because it, the whole farm looks very old. Oh, and yeah. Like, hidden. It looks great like it's, it's in the, you know, in the, in the eastern hills of, uh, you know, the, New York or whatever, so... I I really enjoyed this uh, this this movie. I'm glad we paired this with I this because I want to mention Joshua Black plays the son, and he's terrific in the movie. He has a really great line. He said, uh, he asks uh, Rip, "Did you know the Pilgrims?" And he says, "No, I did not know the Pilgrims." <laughs> he's not that old. That's a funny line. That's funny. But Jessica Harmon, fantastic direction on this. Uh, also, Cindy O'Connor wrote a beautiful score for this uh, movie. Yeah, the it movie, was really beautiful. The music is really fantastic. And the, just the look of it, like the, yeah. the final scene, it actually has an appearance of like a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. Yeah. It's just something about it that just the way it's shot, the whatever lenses they used, that's, everything, the way they use the light. That's the, William, the William, weather. William McKnight. Uh, we see his name often on yeah, movies. It was great. Wonderful DP. So. And um, boy, it was just beautiful. Like the last scene where they were against the sunset and silhouette, it just... Oh, it's just really good. And you know, we never, you know... I'd like to see a sequel on this one. As a guy who produced movies for television, I have to finally say, you know, we should give it credit to the producer, Charles Cooper, who did a great job with this movie. So uh, all of this comes together uh, in a really entertaining way and a thought-provoking way. I really like this movie. I could watch this movie again. over and over again. Yeah. I just it, love you know, it. So. And just on that note, if, if somebody's out there and they're, oh, yeah, I saw that movie. If you, have, if you saw it just once, watch it again. I... I always say that because you get something out of it every time you watch it. And yeah. there are some movies where I watch it and it's like, yeah, once was enough. But this one, uh, a- along with a lot of the ones we watch, this one especially, you really, you don't mind re- putting it on repeat. No, not at all. You don't all, mind so, at all. You yeah. just It just takes you away and you just totally in- enjoy the the humor in it, the the dialogue, the look of it, it, it's just great. The love story itself is incredible. Right, certainly one of my favorite Hallmark movies from, from last year, and certainly one of the best uh, Hallmark movies and mysteries movies I've ever seen. So there you go. That would be and true. And there were, there were a couple more really good ones last year, so... Yeah, so we'll watch it again. And if you haven't seen it the first time, boy, I'd like to be a fly in the wall when you watch it, because it's really right. good. So that's it. We've had a great time. We hope you'll join us next time right here on the Hallmark Cafe. Where love is always on the menu. Hallmark Cafe is a copyrighted program produced by High Horse Productions. Our theme song was written and performed by Diane Killen, and the Hallmark Cafe illustration was created by Daniel Killen. Be sure to find Hallmark Cafe on Instagram and check out our Facebook group.